Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. <laughs> Tonight, we got them. Goldie and the Salt. This is a I, oh, I really felt yeah. the contempt of the we got him that time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Craig. Oh, wait. Craig Kilborn. First joke of the day. First joke of the day. <laughs> too soon? <laughs> Craig got us. That, well, Craig, you got us. So enjoy the ride. I'm, I, I'm not sure Craig has ever listened to one episode of this show, by the way. We never hear from him about it. But he knows he's on it. Yeah. And not receiving any money. Well, welcome back. <laughs> welcome back, listeners, uh, to another episode of A Typical Disgusting Display, a podcast for writers by writers who hate writing. And, uh, you know, Goldie, you're you're usually the one on here who comes on with these very funny uh, Lewis Black-style rants about what's going wrong in your life, and they're always hilarious. Yeah. Well, this week, it seems to be piling up on my end. So oh, let's let's set a backdrop here. Well, the let's... backdrop is you're sitting on the edge of a bed yeah. with a giant dream catcher behind yes, you. That's true. part of it. That it's is part of it. And and I know people listening cannot see the size of this dream catcher, but it's roughly the size of like when four firemen are holding that thing <laughs> below a second story window so somebody can jump out. Like, a that's net. how big this dream catcher is. And your is. dreams are jumping out the window, so that's, that's right. appropriate. <laughs> and I, I, I always want to, like, as a bit, because we were in another room where people were giving me shit about this, and I always kind of want to, as a bit for the room, like, tear it off the wall and throw it down. But on the 2% chance <laughs> that I wake up with, like, an, an an ancient Navajo elder, like, sucking my life force out in the middle of my right. sleep, like, I'm not doing that. Not so, well, you, you, you do have those people in your in your uh, aura, oh, yes. what were they called again, with the scrolls and everything? yeah. The, oh yes, the uh, guides. The guides. Yeah, the guides. Yeah, they yeah. would. They would frown on that. That's they, right. They would. That's right. Yes. Oh boy, we we cut that from an. Or we never we aired that episode. I think. But right. yeah, I, I I had a spiritual reading with guides that are following me around. It was all a nightmare. <laughs> so now we have uh, still the giant around. giant dream catcher behind me because I've been. Uh, Banished? Pushed into this small bedroom here in the guest house today for for reasons I'll get into in a minute. But let me set the backdrop here. First of all, all of this is happening on the very uh, weekend that my conscientious wife has decided that she's fed up with 
toilet paper that kills trees. So now yeah. we we have a pallet of bamboo toilet paper <laughs> that we just started using. Dude. So so just know right now that, that my no. my my asshole looks like a Braveheart <laughs> battlefield right now. It is just absolutely ripped apart. Every wipe is like opening a box of Neapolitan ice cream. It's like three colors, brown, pink, and white. There are it's certain things awful. worth killing trees for. I agree, and I made that exact point. Like I was okay with the paper towels, that the bamboo paper towels. Yeah, we which have are, those. We yeah, to they those. don't soak up anything. They're no. not as good as Bounty. Um, <laughs> Not They're even not close, um, but the toilet paper. Oh my God! It's so I'm I'm sitting uncomfortably right now. As just we, get a bidet. I was just gonna say, I'm get a washlet. Yeah, get a washlet. That's what totally I worth it. Same. Look at I, me. Yeah, look at we're look at us. You, clean. you could eat off my butthole right now. <laughs> That's how clean it is. <laughs> <laughs> Looking at me, you would think, oh, that guy's butthole is bad. And then you see it, it defies expectations. <laughs> I'm glad to say I've never seen it. Wow. Um, wow. But mine mine today is like Goldie doesn't get this reference, but the pit of Sarlacc from Return of the Jedi. That's oh, what my butthole looks no. like. So That's yeah. Yeah, I know. Easy, you're the one in the Obi Wan uh, robe right now. It's true. You uh, go bald for one second and see <laughs> what it does to your temperature regulation. Oh, but please spe- continue with your butthole. <laughs> Speaking of bald, and oh, shit, now I'm not even going to be able to remember this. I saw a quote the other day from somebody who said. If he was bald, he never would have been a rock star because there's no place for yeah, baldness no in rock and roll. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, I forget. Who was that guy? Somebody sent me that quote. It was very Daughtry? funny. Isn't he yeah, well, Daughtry. Daughtry is very bald, yes. Right. He defi- he's, the, uh, he's the exception that <laughs> Oh, that's what we all look up to. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Daughtry. Oh. You could rock as hard as Daughtry if you want. <laughs> he's an American idol. He is. It's like no, a, it's like he wasn't. He came in Dutch like fourth. Could, oh, I didn't know. It's like if a Von Dutch hat could sing. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, that's great. Good Von Dutch reference. Okay, so we've just begun the, the problems oh. around here. So let's start with part one because we but we all just watched some good football this weekend or football anyway, yeah. and uh, the it was the AFC and NFC championship games just took place. So in the NFC championship game, it was the Rams against the 49ers, and we all now know the Rams won that game and they will be going to the Super Bowl, the Super Bowl that will be in LA. In LA. Yeah. Now. My obviously, my wife and I lived together in LA for you know almost eight or ten years, and we both lived in LA separately for you know 20 plus years. So, Tall has adopted the Rams as her NFL team, although. Do not ask her to name more than one player because that won't happen. She can say Cooper Cup. That's about it. But she's declared herself a super fan of the Rams. And if you follow her on Instagram, you'll see a lot of posts about it. So can I just say something? Because I'm in L.A. Yeah. Watching the game yesterday. The Rams win. I open my door to hear the reaction on my very (laughs) tightly packed residential street. Not even light. Clapping like it's <laughs> as though nothing ha- for and and I know to, it is for bizarre. comparison. Like when Biden won, it was like 
friggin' Mardi Gras. <laughs> right. right. My street. right. But right. a Rams are going to the Super I have not seen one stitch of Rams wear <laughs> on anyone. And you and I both know if you're in Boston and the Red Sox are going yes. anywhere, even right. to the playoffs. So, like, in L.A., the epicenter of this, it's created not a ripple. Right. And this game that you're about to tell us about, here's who's going to be there. The 50,000 richest assholes in L.A. <laughs> and yes. The tickets oh are crazy expensive. Yes. I know. I know. And it, ugh, Listen, so, all right, that's what we're getting into now because... Yeah. Okay. So then, you're about in the 48,000s. <laughs> right. So, so Tall, thank you. I'm glad I made the you're cut. Uh, so, so Tall now, beyond being just a super Rams fan, who knows Cooper Cup and that's it, um, has decided that she definitely has to go to the Super Bowl. Has to go. So... Now, Goldie knows, and, you know, if if you work on a show... Maybe I'll and, get some good toilet paper on the plane. <laughs> oh, my That's God. The well, up, no, I'm not, I'm not going. Oh! I'm not going. I, oh, okay. I, I already oh. said, like, no, I, I do not want to go. Because I'm, I'm a Pats fan. Like, I don't give a shit about the Rams. Like, it's a, you know, Or the listen. Bengals. Yeah. There's that I supportive mean, husbanding. We, we all right. Well, well listen, I've been, to, I've, been, I hey, I, I've been to two and a half Super Bowls <laughs> on my own. I, yeah. can, I can cut it. So... And Goldie knows when you work on a a successful show, you have the opportunity to get tickets for stuff. Like there are people you can ask, you can reach out to people at the network, at the studio about Super Bowl tickets. I've done it before. If it's Uh, going well. Right. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. If the show's going well. So luckily we're on Family Guy. So Tall, you know, I said to Tall, hey, well, good. See if you can find a ticket. It'll be tough. And then she comes back to me. Will you just ask? Fox. So now I'm, I'm, it, you don't really feel like you're burning a chip so much, but I'm, I'm kind of like, you know, it's not for me, but I'm asking for her yeah. for two tickets. And I, I have a feeling that I just feel it's 50 50. They might, they might get them, they might not. Right. But so here's, uh, so she, she's dead set on going. I figure even if she can't get the tickets from Fox, she's going to find another way to go. So, the Super Bowl happens to be, and this is a minor detail. I don't want to get off track on this. It's the day before my birthday. And I'm not oh. somebody who needs to have my hand held on my birthday or a lot of events or things to do. Yeah. But I, you know, she's going to be taking the red eye back if she comes back. So it's like already <laughs> everything's everything's off the rails on my birthday where I'm like on levy duty. Yes. I'm on dog duty. Like, it's just, everything's I mean, kind of... by then, she, you may be dead from rectal bleeding. It's <laughs> that's right. Oh, no. I may just bleed out. <laughs> I may literally bleed out. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm only slightly annoyed about that. And also, when Tal gets back, she's going to be exhausted either way. So, yeah. and, and again, the birthday is not the, the important thing. Here's, hey, JC, here, yes. the birthday is the important it's thing. It's not. It's not. And I'll back it up with two other things that are way more important. Okay. The second thing, and this should be by far the most important thing, there's still a deadly virus in this mm. country. Like it hasn't gone true, true. away. And you're by stepping into a stadium with 70,000 screaming fans who presumably you're going to be hugging and <laughs> high-fiving the whole game. Yes. You're just not only is she, is she going to miss part of my birthday, the present she brings to me might be Omicron. So that's right. not great. Like, I can't reconcile that. And Tal has a much different attitude than I do about the, the disease. Like, she, she's vaccinated. Like, don't get me wrong. But right. she's one of those people that at a certain point, she's like, 
I'm fucking done with this. I'm going to live my life. And I respect that. Like, it's it's fine. But, like, now she's throwing herself into a pit of, like, 70,000 people. And I just feel like the chances of coming back with something are way higher. Right. And the third thing, which leads into the next giant issue. Whoa. Is, <laughs> you know, so Goldie knows we're, we're here while we do construction in the other house. Construction <laughs> yes. that I didn't really feel the need for. <laughs> But one of the burners on the stove went out, so now we've got construction happening just oh, no. about 50 yards from us right here. And so the we're... focus group turning their dial down as to how much they like Alex Sulkin is he <laughs> bitches about <laughs> construction in the first house. I drops know. a dollar figure it's not, that's it's super high. I didn't I didn't drop and a specific. I undercut it, if anything. Doesn't want to go to a Super Bowl where he probably could get free tickets. <laughs> where he probably could get almost Macron is what you should have said. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so the, we're we're scrunched into the smaller house with the three dogs. Goldie, you've lived here, so you know you yeah. know what it's like. It's comfortable. It's nice, but it's it's cozy. It's, it's not if you're fighting. It's not. <laughs> I know well, that's true. We both know. We both know that's true. So we have the three dogs. I've been on on the show talking about them before. Three dogs. Yeah. They're very old. They're sweet. We love them, but they they require constant care. Like anytime any yeah. one of them stands up, they instantly have to be rushed outside, like <laughs> like a football under your arm to go pee or poop. So it's constant monitoring. I'm sure they're going to be pissing all in the other room now right. while I'm scrunched in here. Right. So today, what happened? What happened today? We got. Our fourth dog back. Oh. So this story, oh my God. So when <laughs> the pandemic hit, we had five dogs, but two of them who were like fighting all the time were off being trained at this ranch right outside of Los Angeles. Like, and they're and they like were, 15, right? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> these are younger, younger oh, dogs. I so didn't even know about these dogs. Yes. So this is Birdie and Luna. Maybe you met them a while ago. Anyway, they, they would fight, and they would fight around the older dogs, and the older dogs, God bless them, would jump into the fray <laughs> and often get tossed around like a seal by a shark by, by these bigger dogs. So the, the, these... Two younger dogs had to go away to, like, be trained. Then the pandemic hits. Then we move here to Cape Cod, leaving them behind at this ranch, and which was sad, but they we constantly get videos, pictures. Like, they love it there. They've got tons of room to run around. They're with other dogs. They're being trained. Like, the guy is really awesome who runs this. The guy, Robert Romo, he's like, if you're in the L.A. area and you need a dog trainer, he's the best. So I thought we had seen the last of them. Oh, well, I love this, that you have a virtual dog. I know. It's like oh, a Tomogachi. No, totally. You, you right, just, it's, it's an NFT. It's yeah. an NFT of a dog. <laughs> so, so I, you know, listen, I was fine with just the three dogs. And then Tall starts coming to me saying, you know, I really think we should take Luna back. We got to get Luna back. And I'm like, I don't think it's a good idea. I'm like, I just don't think... Now we're in this smaller place. I don't think it's a good idea. We can talk about it maybe in the summer when we're back in the other house. She kept, just kept coming, saying, I think we should bring her back. I kept saying, no, I don't think so. Next I heard of it, Tall just informed me, Luna's on her way, oh. being driven across country. Like, I had no agency or say <laughs> in the matter. And then I was told, oh, like, no. I was told that it was the decision that 
I, come on, you'll like it. You'll be happy. And this is another theme running through all this. <laughs> you'll be I happy. often get told how to feel. And Goldie, <laughs> oh, maybe no. you can relate to this. Like, I'm told, you like this. You like <laughs> traveling. Me, you like, you like going out to dinner. <laughs> and after right. a certain amount of time, you turn into Winston Smith, if you know who that is. Winston Smith is the protagonist in 1984. Oh, so he well, lives in a <laughs> in like a bleak police state where they tell oh you what to think and feel and the end <laughs> the end of 1984 is him finally admitting two plus two equals five so it's like you you in a marriage sometimes you're just forced to to come to the realization that two plus two equals five. Oh well so, I, I mean my yeah. saying about this is where i thought the edge was Yes. It turns out it's round like the earth, and you yeah. just go back to the beginning. Yes. So there is no edge. Like, no. You are under the illusion that you can fall off an edge and go insane. Nope. But you can't because you just end up back it's where you loop. started. But at, at this point, I just, and you're going to continue, and I can't wait to hear it. I just want to give a, an unsolicited piece of advice to your wife, Tall. Yeah. You take care of your man's butthole with some toilet paper, and this all resolves itself. It's, like, this right. is clearly just yes. like like the thistle that got yeah. under the skin yeah. that's yes. making the dog go crazy. Uh, if your butthole is fine, yeah, then uh, get a then you're, it. you're swimming like a fish it, through water. It, it, through the rest of it. But yeah. now that your butthole is agitated, it's your it's nervous system is overflowing and you're pushed into fight or flight by everything yes. because your butthole feels weird. That's true. 100% right. Yeah. And I will say, because I've been complaining nonstop since the beginning of the show and complaining about things that my wife does. Of course, uh, Tall saved my life. I love her very <laughs> much. And also I have found, and th th this is amazing even to me, There'll be times when I'm so pissed at her about one thing or another. And if she comes over to me and just gives me a kiss, it all goes away. Like, Aww. I'm so That's easy really like that. Like, Have it's you just... tried that with, like, Viner and other friends to see if it's, <laughs> it's just something that works or it's just her specifically? Well, well, Viner signed me up. There's a handsome guy right there. So who knows? <laughs> But uh, yes, no, I've noticed that Tall has that power, like almost a Disney oh, princess. She can come over really and sweet. give me a kiss and everything goes away. So <laughs> credit to her for that because I'm still very much in love with her. But she does these things that <laughs> okay. baffle me. So here we are. The, 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 your dog's on a, and, on and, a and, road and she, trip. No, no. Is your she, dog's... She, no, Is she your dog seeing any sights or, or just driving straight? Uh, no, she's just <laughs> shitting in somebody's car. And like, no, but, what, what star level hotels are this person and the dog staying at? Is there a negative star? <laughs> but <laughs> negative one star hotels. But the punchline, not even a punchline, the, the end of the story is that the dog got here 20 minutes ago, oh. which is why I'm why I'm now in this room <laughs> no because way. I can't be out there because everybody's dealing with the new goddamn dog who's got the energy of like you know Bobcat Goldthwait or somebody. It's just like going nuts in the house. Was there like, a Christian and the Lion moment reunion, or did the dog have no recollection at all? And your dog's like, "Where the fuck is Robert Romo? Where is Robert Romo? Christian He's the, the only lion. man who can control me." Get me, Romo. <laughs> um, thank you for remembering his name. And it's funny you bring up uh, Christian the Lion, of course, that viral video. But my t I have to bring this up because it just sparked a memory. My dad, who listens to the show all the time, listened a few weeks ago when we had our uh, 
top five sporting events we wish we'd attended. And when I talked to him on the phone that week, he said, he goes, yeah, mine is uh, the Christians versus the Lions. <laughs> that, was, that was the sporting event he wished that's he had a been great at. I know. I told him that. I'm like, Dad, that's hilarious. Um, anyway, so this dog going next next door, uh, right outside the door. Like, I, It's like the fucking Nicholas Brothers tap dancing in the kitchen right now. Uh, asshole, very bloody, very oh, no. injured. Pushed into this room much hotter than the rest of the house. So I maybe... Uh, Temperature-wise. Ta- Temperature-wise, yes. You <laughs> yeah. got me earlier with that. Yes, I'm not I'm not an attractive guy. I get it. It's not making me any better looking. I understand that. Hey, you're doing pretty well. <laughs> yeah. And I had... And the funny thing was, before all this, all these tragedies, let me say, happened, yeah. befell me, I had all this other light stuff to talk about. Like, my daughter lost her first tooth. Aww. And we had all these kinds Aww. of wonderful things to talk about. <laughs> And then those all got swept aside by all the bullshit, the bullshit of life that is just raining down. on. Well, you know, a lot of people are saying your negativity is bringing the podcast down. <laughs> <laughs> they turn to me for yeah, a little a light sunshine. Yeah. Yeah. Go light and lively. That's Goldie. Here he is. The breeze, easy breezy. Easy Goldie. Breezy. Uh, you know me. This stuff is it's water off my back, man. Oh, God. <laughs> Um, all right, well, but, but that was very that was very fun. Thank yeah. you. Oh, yeah, finally, you get to listen. <laughs> I mean, to my I feel problems. like next week we should just check in on the condition of your butthole. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, we, we may need a maybe, weekly check. Maybe on we that. use you know like they have for the terror warnings. We have different uh-huh. colors, and we <laughs> right. warn our yes. listeners. You know, he's on orange, so right. look out because he's uh-huh. likely to get angry. Or some weeks you're like. You know, he's in the blue, man. <laughs> he's, he's doing good. Oh, Jesus H. Christ. Um, well, you know, before, before we move into any other parts of the show, I think we, we need to talk about it's a, it's a It should have maybe been the lead story, but I'm, I'm not that chivalrous. Uh, one of us has a very big birthday oh. coming up. Oh, yes. Um, JC. <laughs> oh, what? Her. Oh, JC. Yours is in December. We passed it. Very little fanfare. Um, JC, you have... It's a a significant one. It's a big one. Yeah. Yeah. I'm turning 50. Oh, how? (laughs) Bravissima. Is that a word? I don't think so. I think so. Um, how how are you turning fifty? I mean, look, yeah. Goldie, look at her. If someone were her. to see this zoom and say, "Okay, slap an age on each of these people, <laughs> rank them from uh, youngest to oldest," <laughs> no one, no one. you as the oldest. No one. I know. I know. It's I'm the crazy. matriarch yeah. of this yeah. podcast. So fifty, f- approaching fifty years on this earth. I know. It's you crazy. got you got time served at SNL. Time served Family Guy. Time served Dora the Explorer. Dora, yes. And am I missing a big one? I feel like, like a, I always a miss beautiful something. marriage to a wonderful man. Yeah, yeah. and I would. Yeah, uh, that's yes. I have a high note relating to that later. Um, I'm sure, but uh, you know, a it, humidifier that has yes. been in the background of every single yes. shot of her air, air purifier. That's okay. that's this. No, okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you know. I, musician touring and yeah. you know the most my career is in three segments there is the television which was forced i was forced to go into television because of uh, 9-11 but it was music before that so i've somehow kept both balanced and then 
Um, one thing I don't really talk, talk about much, and I'm not sure, I may cut this part, but the other third is modeling. So I did a lot of modeling throughout yes. all of that. So I'm glad you talked about that because yeah. I've, I've sometimes wanted to bring that up, um, <laughs> but I, I wanted you to bring it up. Because yeah, someone who's never about. once been objectified for their looks. <laughs> <laughs> What's that like? No, but I think your story is like very, could be very inspirational. I well, mean, I, it's... Yeah. I'm Talk pretty shy about... about that part of my life. I'm not sure why, but... How'd you get into it? I was stopped. When I was young, I was stopped. And then when I was waiting tables... What do you mean stopped? Like stopped somebody stopped like... I mean, that would feel street? phony to me. If someone's like, I'm going to make you a model, my radar would instantly go off as to like, this person's a creep. I, I agree. It does sound weird. But when I was in San Francisco, I was waiting tables... Uh, I was like in my early 20s, and I happened to be waiting tables on a, a couple that owned a modeling agency that I had heard of, which was right above Jeffrey our... Epstein and James <laughs> Lane. <laughs> the funny thing is, like, I think Emacs it's because... models. <laughs> so they, they, I waited on them. I didn't know, I can't even remember their names right now. It's really bad because I'm 50. And um, <laughs> I, I, they said, gosh, you know, you should consider this. And so I took photos, and then they signed me pretty quickly. And then I didn't like that. That's what's called like straight modeling is when they're very skinny and they kept asking me to lose more and more weight. Right. And, and is this for clothes? Like what are you, are you in? Like Macy's and, you know, just like. Like they, those old, when they did circulars, that type of this thing? This was like. like Print. Yes, print, all print. Yeah. And then um, I sort of stopped because I just couldn't handle the losing of the weight, you know. And then when yeah, I moved to New York. Ridiculous. I Can was, I ask one more question absolutely. before we move on to yeah. New York? So say you're in a Macy's ad. What is what do you make for that? Well, you know, this was in the nineties. So yeah. um I think it was twelve hundred That's good. Per per shoot. And then yeah, for for an ad like that, it was just like twelve hundred, but you would be called back. You know, you right. you keep doing yeah. shooting them and oh we got these other things and you just, you know, you get paid I think that's what it was I I don't okay. I'm not good at remembering the stuff because it was income at that point well, right. for the for the hundredth episode of this show we may need to send out a couple of those photos oh, there's some over pretty, Instagram some I bet there are some pretty. choice 90s clothes that we, we got yeah. you in I don't know if I have any of those but I have when I moved to New York can I move to, yeah, to New York? Yeah, move to New York. So I, you know, never thought I would do that again. And then I was on the subway and I saw this woman sort of looked like checking me out a little bit, just really beautiful woman. I looked at my boyfriend at the time. I was like, that woman keeps checking me out. It's really yeah. weird. And she said, she's a beautiful black French woman. She's like, I'm she so sorry. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, I'm so sorry. I keep staring at you, but... My agent told me that this sounds like such a line. My agent told me this morning that we need some Asian plus size models. And I was really taken aback. And I was like, what a bitch. Like, yeah. I, I thought, like, Dude, what is she trying to say? And then uh, she was we like, We need a bald Jew to wear a turtleneck. <laughs> uh, and it turned right. out she was also a plus size model, did not look what, like what I thought a plus size model was. And she said, this is, you know, 2001. And she said, here's my number. So cell phones weren't big yet. Here's, here's. But they were big. My, yeah, <laughs> they're literally physically big. <laughs> so she gave me the number of her agent. 
and her number. She said, I'm going to call my agent. As soon as we get off the train, you call her and tell her that you're the person that I, I met on the train. So that was click click models, New York, oh, which is a legitimate wow. modeling yeah, agency. Yeah, it sure. feels like the beginning of taken. And I went to this man's house for a I photo get, shoot. I'm getting the funds from France later this week, but if you could. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I just kind of went in, I met the agent. She took some Polaroids, said to me, well, and I knew that they had needed Asian plus size models. And she said, uh, you're not really what we're looking for. And I was like, I don't care, (laughs) whatever. So I walked out, went back to my job. And then I get a phone call two days later and she was like, I'm staring at your Polaroids. Can you please come back in? I want you to meet someone else at the agency. So I came in, I did a photo shoot with an assigned person with the agency and I was, I signed with them and worked for them for 12 years. Wow. And is that like the traveling around in fashion shows or is that... Well, for plus size, there were some. Back in those days, plus size was much less accessible and glamorous. You know, it would be like... Catalogs. Yeah, catalogs. That's what it was. It was more like catalogs. And so some traveling, it was more like... Like I did Target campaigns and I did... um, Like I flew out here. When I booked the Target campaign, it was like the biggest deal. Right. TV or print again? Print. I was in, it, you could go into Targets all over the country and I would be in one of those big, you know, posters of like, in like a plus size, and an outfit. Yeah. And like, right, right. And, and the other thing about plus size modeling is you have a set of padding. So you carry it with you. This is, this part's crazy. To be like extra plus size or? Oh yeah, because God. I'm not a big person. I don't know. No, uh, I've never met Goldie in person, so, but I'm. So when you do, when you see a plus size model, they're wearing like a shallow Hal suit. Well, it's it kind of. I mean, for me, there were a lot of. I, this is probably so why funny. I didn't get booked as much as other women, because it's like, why would we get somebody fake if we could get somebody who doesn't have to wear padding? You know. Right. So, but I did get booked because there weren't that many Asians that were plus size models back then. There was basically two of us and her name was Casey and, you know, I'm JC. And then... JC, Casey, Yeah, and she and I became really good friends and she's half Filipino, so we looked very similar. So we we went up against each other for every job and we became really good friends because of it. So she had won a big contest for Wilhelmina. So she was, and she was more like, I don't want to say plus size, but curvier, you know, right, and I'm right. not a, I'm not, I wouldn't say curvy compared to the rest of plus size models, but that just went on. I kept going. Like I, I would kind of think, oh, it's dried up. And then it just, it just kept going and going. And then that turned into a fit modeling job. I don't know if you guys know what that is, but that no. is when a model comes in and they build the clothes to your your measurements because you have the precise measurements for specific clothes. So I did this for lingerie. <laughs> I did this for Whoa. yeah. So racy. <laughs> va, va, racy but, but like, <laughs> so there's like no um these aren't like photo shoots or anything. It's the kind of thing where you go and you meet with designers and you work with them one on one. Um and you know, after a certain amount of time, after working with so many different companies, every bra from all the major companies that were my size were basically fit to me. Oh boy! So <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> every bra 
Bryars. JC starts talking about Bryars. My day's turning around. I'm embarrassed. Yeah, so I'd meet women that, like, once they find this out, I'd be, and I found out their size, I was like, oh, that bra was made to, made to me. And I, you that's, know, that's, that's crazy how yeah. they do it. That's totally backwards. It is, yeah. It's like everything is TV when you learn about it. Like, <laughs> no one knows what they're doing at any level yeah. in anything. They, yeah. they hire a model, well, I'll tell then you, make the product to her, then mass produce that rather yeah. than... Making what they think is the right size through research. Well, we are the research. So, so I'm, I don't just stand there. What happens <laughs> is, is after years of understanding the design of, of bras and stuff, I would go in there and say, the top band is too loose. You need to bring it in a quarter and an inch. This, you know, things that wow. would, so you work with the designers and then they, you know, it just goes through this whole process. So that Ooh. I would fly around and work with companies and then that, that <laughs> most of it was in New York, but I would go like when I was at SNL, I would take my lunch break and I would go down to Haynes and DKNY and Aerie and do, and do all my fittings and then come back after oh my lunch. God. So I was like, you know, just kind of that's, that was the New York sort of and hustle. And did you sort of at your SNL job then wear it like... <laughs> No. Fuck you, I have bra money. I don't need to be doing this. No, I never that in the told... back of your mind to go, I could, I could quit tomorrow well, and just tell people how to shape bras. Bras. <laughs> I, I, only a couple of people knew that I even did that. You know, like I, again, I was pretty shy about that. I don't know why. Um, oh. And then, you know, Victoria, I did Victoria's Secret, all that kind of stuff. And then, I, <laughs> and then I got the Family Guy job and moved out here and stopped doing all of that said so, goodbye to Brars. to Brars, all the modeling all that stuff because there's no time it's much easier to do that in new york because you don't have to drive anywhere really you oh. just pop on the subway it's, and... that's i've just i would have never known any of that existed <laughs> i know, I know. Well, fascinating I'm, yeah that is great that is so interesting to hear and i'm glad that uh, your birthday brought out these I stories <laughs> i want to yeah. hear about the cruise scoops the that's cruise what they sco- call them right what was that? Scoops. That's what they called the, the bras, the cruise scoops. <laughs> I just got They should scoops. have anyway. Yeah, they really should have. Yeah. That is so awesome and interesting. <laughs> and you know what? So your your birthday is going to be, when people are hearing this, you will have just had your 50th birthday. Yes, that's true. So yeah. happy birthday. Thank you so happy much. birthday to bra magnate. <laughs> J.C. Cruz Brooks. <laughs> bra magnet. <laughs> there will be bras. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's awesome, J.C. And you know what? You, you've lightened up the mood. You made me forget about my bloody asshole. <laughs> and think about your bras. And so Brar. I think yeah, it's I love good... that you're now full on lying. I'm li- because my feet were falling asleep. I was sitting. Oh uh, my god! I was sitting Native American style. What, you're going to you be a head in a jar in five years. I, I know. God, plug me into Elon Musk's metaverse right now, just so I can relive 1986 over and over again. As opposed uh, you, to you 1984. Know my theory on that is that all of that will be realized in full the day after we die. I know, yes. totally. <laughs> We It'll figured like, it well, out, guys. We're dead, and then it's like, okay, <laughs> everyone, it's plug-in day. You're going to be immortal. You can live forever in your happiest memories, except for the people who are now worm food. Oh, boy. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, 
Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. That was a nice up top. We, we yeah. took the terrible very long and we way. went to the nice. <laughs> and now let's roll right in to Johnny Jim. Intros keep getting better and so better. Good. I'm feeling oh, frisky now. I'm just now. <laughs> I'm just trying to put together a reel to actually get work. Doing. <laughs> you, you might. Yes. You might. Yeah. My dream. It'd be a great. Right. It'd be great. Here, here comes a, a, a supine uh, Johnny today, lying down. In re- Johnny right. in repose on this end. <clears throat> here we go. Oh well. Since Johnny I'm... on the cut. <laughs> I love it. Johnny on the cut. Here we go. Uh, some sad news. A, uh, a Czech folk singer with an anti-vax message has died of COVID. Oh. He uh, gone! Uh, yeah, he gone. Uh, apparently there was a mix-up when uh, God was out to dinner and asked for the check. Yeah. And uh, hundreds, hundreds of morning fans are listening to the Czech's mix on Spotify. <laughs> Oh, I knew. Well, I knew well that, done, double maneuver. <laughs> thank you. I knew, I knew it needed a second. All right. Okay. Where are we going here now? Uh, oh yeah, this was interesting. Um, an unknown object in space. Uh-oh. Has been uh, blasting out a radio signal every 18 minutes, and it's baffling scientists. Uh, yeah, even more baffling, it's traffic and weather. It's <laughs> <laughs> kind of a nice little jab. Uh, that was good. Uh, that was here, good. We, here we go. Uh, uh, the Bidens, uh, Joe and Jill Biden, have welcomed a tabby cat named Willow to 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. Yeah, and critics say Biden is too old to care for a new pet, and they may be right. As just yesterday, he was seen giving a saucer of milk to the White House Roomba. <laughs> I brought it back. Use the Roomba again. Okay, here we go. I loved it. And, and finally, maybe ending on the wrong one. Finally, uh, a blizzard dropped a record two feet of snow on the city of Boston last weekend. Yeah. Uh, meteorologists say the city hasn't been this white since the day before. 
<laughs> my friend was a bumper crop. Are you not done? There's I'm more. I'm done. I'm <laughs> handing what? it off. Handing it off to the other Johnny. That is a bumper crop. Thank my you, friend. sir. Great Lying job. down may be the key. <laughs> job well done. Thank you. Okay, here we go. Second Johnny. Well. <laughs> Supermarkets all around Los Angeles are stripped bare. Have you noticed this? I went yeah. to five different markets on my drive home last night, and I, I couldn't find anything I needed. They had nothing. And uh, I thought it was the supply chain, but no. It turns out they married my ex-wife. <laughs> <laughs> Cleaned <Okay>. out. <laughs> Cleaned out. <laughs> all right. <clears throat> A, co uh, a company, a company called Braymont has manufactured a new watch that can survive being ejected from a fighter jet. Oh. Yeah. Mm -mm. Do you really care about time at that point? I'm guessing you're probably missing all your appointments that day. <laughs> a little twisty turny. I like that. Uh, playing with form. Yeah, I love that. Okay, here we go. Uh, the singer Meatloaf, oh, Meatloaf, who recently died of COVID-19, was buried oh. yesterday. Hey, gone! Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, meatloaf was buried, uh, so I guess you could say he's now truly ground beef. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> and uh, now I'm gonna I'm gonna switch to an, a norm. Yes, a norm. Normie. Normie. A norm McDonald style joke <laughs> to conclude. Uh, Tom Brady. We've heard about this now. We feared it was coming. Tom Brady is retiring oh. from football after an absolutely incredible career. He's the all-time leader in passing yards, touchdowns, and causing homosexual <laughs> thoughts. <laughs> oh, excellent. Wow. That was great, and I'm burping from half lying down, but that was excellent. Bravo, guys. Oh, I love it. I, I love, and you do this way more than I do, and I love when you make the Johnny joke actually like you are Carson, like the stuff about his ex-wife, yeah. the stuff about Ed, Ed. Like, I love that. And, yeah. and, and Scully did that last week. I thought he put on yeah. a master class with his jokes, but he did that joke about, you know, Jody Sweeten being married for the fifth oh, yeah, time. The competition. Yeah. Hey, it's not a competition. That's like a perfect Johnny style joke. Yeah. It's funny. Okay, so you brought up, because I was going to talk about this up top too, but then it got you know, washed away by my asshole. Um, the, so this weekend in, in Boston, in New, in New England, there was this huge blizzard, just yes. a, a massive blizzard. Yeah. And, and by the way, I was I was legitimately concerned about you. I was like, hey, you lose power. And then you turned it around and said, no, I got that generator. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, remember? <laughs> Jesus Christ. I mean, Saved better your life. Yeah. Again, uh, yeah, of course, ironically, it never turned like we didn't need it oh. that, for some reason. But so we had the massive blizzard. And Goldie, as you remember, and JC, I'm sure from your time in Boston on the East Coast, yeah. whenever there's even any snow, let alone a major snowstorm, it's like a fucking bonanza for local news. Like yes. they love it. Like, cause they know everyone's watching. They're on round the clock with people out <laughs> on the shore in Gloucester and down in Mashfield Center and, you know, out in the snow. And so this was legit. Like this weekend, there was record yeah. snow. 
They were constantly reporting and just in their zone, loving it, loving it. Then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, the Brady news comes out. <laughs> they were not ready or prepared at all to deal with both things. They just, none of the sports guys were in because the roads were closed and like they just uh, said, fuck it. Like all we need is the weather and a couple news people. And like, that's all we need. The Brady news comes out. They were, this is how unprepared they were. Usually when somebody like, you know, Brady is as important to this area as maybe anyone in this area's history. He's a pope. JF, <laughs> he's like JFK, basically. Like right. he and JFK are pretty much fighting for top Ortiz. spot. Ortiz. <laughs> Ortiz. Well, yeah, we love Ortiz. Big Pappy just went to the Hall of Fame. Shout out to Big Pappy. But so Brady... They would normally have literally like a 10-minute video package of all Ready of Brady's go. highlights, all him holding up all the trophies for New England, him hugging Edelman, him hugging Belichick, whatever it was. They had none of the highlights ready. The only, it was clear the only highlights they could get their hands on were highlights from the second half of this past season where oh, Brady no. was a Buccaneer. And it was all him like getting sacked as a Tampa Bay Buccaneer by like the Saints. It was, there was that clip of him throwing the Microsoft Surface angrily as a Buccaneer. Like they were not ready at some, all. Some intern who's been at Bunker Hill Community College for months. Yes. He's told like, you got to get here. You got to yeah. get here and pull whatever we got and get it in a package. And the person's just like, I was in high school. I know. <laughs> I yeah, don't we have, know how to do that. We have highlights from uh, week 11 this year against the Saints where they lost. It's like, so they had nothing ready for Brady. And Goldie, again, I know you're not a, a movie nerd like I am, but but JC, I don't know if you're a Lord of the Rings fan. This yeah. is what I call a King Theoden when this happens. It's like there's King Theoden and Lord of the Rings at the Battle of Gondor. He leads this massive charge of the riders of Rohan, and they sweep through the enemy's army, and you're like, yes! And then they turn around, and there's a herd of massive elephants coming right at them, so they have to quickly regroup and try to fight, and it's a disaster. That's what Boston News was this weekend. They had the blizzard. They had it the handled. Right. Then Brady comes in from the, the other side. They, they were not ready. Well, you not know, the regional, the regional, as you always make Star Wars references, I know that yes. wasn't one, but you're... No, that, it's yes. close. Yeah. Same area. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the sort of regional version of the Star Wars reference in Boston is the blizzard of 78. Like yes. anytime there's okay. any amount of snow above eight inches, we have to talk about the blizzard of 78. And what yep. I remember about that blizzard is I lived up a hill. So no one could get up the hill. So there were all these cars oh, no. stuck on the bottom of the hill. And we lost power for, I think, a week. Wow. Um, and my dad was a doctor, so he kind of had to go in, right. you know, and, and still get to work. But I remember my mom being angry because my dad at that time belonged to the Harvard Club. And so since... You know, we had no power. We had no hot water. My dad was going into the Harvard Club, eating, taking showers, yeah. Yeah. Like, just hanging out in the club that the whole great. week, enjoying oh himself. God. That's. Uh, but by the way, that's again, dads from 
30, 40 years ago were oh. allowed to do that right. shit. Right. Things are so just, different now. You could do it. And there was a comment made about it, but that was it. You could totally do it. You couldn't yep. do that today. Right. Yeah, you're right, though. The blizzard of 78 was brought up a lot uh, uh, this weekend. Now, we're here post-Johnny Jokes, and today we wanted to start something <laughs> that may take a few weeks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Goldie, you want to set us up for this? So uh, we got an email. We got an email from Mike Royce. Now, Mike is a great, great television writer. Um, Excellent writer. Everybody loves Raymond. He had his own show, Men of a Certain Age. He uh, was instrumental in the remake of One Day at a Time, and he has many other credits, too many to list here. Mm -hmm. Um, He also generously worked on my show, United We Fall, and he's just one of the best writers I've ever worked with. Now, he emailed the show. He was Which is already an honor. Already an honor. Yeah. Yes. So the fact that he's listening, thank you, Mike. Thank you, and, Mike. And he wrote us a very extensive email about our Cheers breakdown, which we <laughs> want to get to. But it's so extensive, we've decided to break it into parts, <laughs> and then maybe hold a celebration when we finish in when, several weeks. Yeah. So sometime let's just, in the middle of summer. Yeah. So let's just JC read the okay. first part All of right. Mike's email, and then we'll set a stopping. Point. We'll break okay. it down. Hey there, Goldie, Alec, and JC. Loved the podcast as I do every week. I'm a disgusty from way back. That's our fan <laughs> nickname, right? I love it. Let's start using, let's make disgusty. that catch on. You're all yeah. disgusties. Here okay. come the if t-shirts. You're, if, you're, if you're listening now, you're a disgusty. <laughs> I like it, it also feels like a, an award we can give out. Yes. Yes. Ooh. At I the end it. of the year, we should give out disgusties. <gasps> disgusties. I love, I love that. Yes. We'll have a, yeah. Um, and by idea. the way, just a, just a quick side note. I, I guess with Mike, it's ladies last. I heard Goldie, Alec, and JC. Oh. Yeah. Ladies <laughs> last in Mike's catch. house. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, let me see here. So that we've only gotten through the first sentence. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I loved your dissection of the Cheers pilot and felt compelled to share a couple thoughts I had. And also, I'm procrastinating. That's right. I'm writing to avoid writing, like a good writer. I love that point, yeah. by the way. Yes. That that makes the whole email, because the fact that the, the rest of the email is so long and knowing the whole time that he's avoiding writing something else yeah. is the most, I, I, the most relatable thing about it. I felt such a kinship with him. More moment. well thought out than the thing he's commenting on. <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course. I love that. And also, by the way, when he said, I loved your dissection of Cheers, but here's a couple thoughts. It's like, okay, what did we forget? Tell right. us, Mike, tell us what we didn't get. <laughs> you did such an enormously helpful exploration of arguably the most important thing for any sitcom, character dynamics. The way each- By the way, the way this guy's able to to butter people up, you see why he'll always work. Yes. I, I feel oh. so good about myself right now. Yeah. I know. Yeah. We did a great thing. And, and he's really correcting us. He's essentially <laughs> calling us uh, morons <laughs> while making us feel like geniuses. It, wow, yeah. It's very this much a master class. Yes. <laughs> the way each comic POV clashes and mingles with the others and the comedy that it produces is essential writing and so difficult to do well. If these aren't firing on all cylinders, you're dead. You're also dead if, hypothetically speaking, in 2011, your show premieres against the highest-rated football game of the year. But I digress. Well, now, what was he talking about there? Dads? No, because dads was No, I think Cheers probably premiered against a highly-rated football game. But he said 2011, though. 
Maybe it's oh. 2001. I think maybe he's talking about one of his shows. Oh, oh. it could be Mocha, Men of a Certain yeah. Age, maybe. Oh. But uh, yeah, uh, you know, because Cheers was 82. Oh, right. But yeah, it, it was, <laughs> I love that, that he said, you're dead. Twice, you're dead. You're dead. <laughs> so you're I feel dead. like that was a Goldie. He connected with you in that moment. If you don't do this, you're, you're dead. dead. <laughs> you also pointed out so many great production tidbits, including the basement thing. That's, Thank you. <laughs> that's such a good point. No windows preserves the surprise of the entrance, and in a sitcom, the entrance is one of the most important moments. Totally. When we totally were designing right. the set of One Day at a Time, now streaming on Netflix, hey, we, <laughs> we wanted to be realistic in terms of how big the apartment was. And Gloria pointed out that if it were her, in order to give the kids their own rooms, her mom would just live in the dining room with curtain for a door. That's great. That's such a great device. Yeah. 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 The curtain turned out to be the best decision we ever made because it allowed Rita Moreno to make these incredible entrances uh, whenever we wanted. Here she is again. Um, and- I know. We're talking about Rita Moreno on back-to-back weeks. Yeah, exactly. I was thinking that afterwards. She's one of the... Isn't she one of the uh, rare EGOT people? I think so. Uh, Emmy, Grammy, Tony. Oscar, Tony. I think she is. Cool. You can write us in at a typical disgusting display and let us know if she's an EGOT winner. Or we can Google it. <laughs> oh, EGOT game. And, <laughs> and provided optional hiding and surprise opportunities for everybody, also important for comedy. That's not even why I'm writing. Okay, oh, see, let's just any... stop. But maybe we pick up next week, we'll reveal yeah. why he's writing. Yes, that's a great place to just shut it down. But Mike, Mike, you've provided us now with weeks of hashtag content. And yeah. we appreciate, yeah. we appreciate you. you listening and we appreciate you caring. And yeah. we are going to uh, tease this for next week where we will, we will get back to that. Yeah. Yeah, but f- uh, in terms of this week, and now this is something... It leads us in nicely. It oh, leads cool. us in nicely to our topic this week. And Goldie, I think you're in a in a uniquely qualified position to talk about this right now because you are actually writing something as as we're doing this. You're in the nice. midst of a writing assignment. So yes. w- this week, we're going to talk about like what is the process? What is your process? A little bit of what, a, what is my process? But like, how do you actually make yourself put the words down? Yeah. Well, specifically, so, and when you're trying to enter the business, a lot of what you're doing is, as we've talked about, you're writing spec scripts, sample scripts to prove that you can write. And so you're not working on a deadline. Uh, You're not working in general to fit um, the vision of someone else. I mean, maybe you're writing an episode of a show that exists, but you're not having direct contact with the producers and getting feedback. Yes, we like this. No, we don't like this. So you're able to do what you want. But then you get a job and all of a sudden you're not just kind of free writing anymore. You're writing for a specific audience, the executives, the producers, uh, the cast in, in some cases, and you're doing it with a time restriction. You may, you probably will have an outline, but you're then told, Hey, take this outline and come back with a script in a week. You know, if, if the show is, is well-staffed. Sometimes you'll get two weeks, but sometimes you'll get a week. So what I wanted to talk about is what you do in that week, how you get from a blank document at the beginning of that week to the final moment of that week, emailing your script in and what happened in between. How do different people break it, break it down? Because, and part of this is for me is 
maybe to reassure insecure people like I've been doing this a while, 15 plus years, and I still find it very difficult and I still haven't gotten it down to any kind of science like each one is different and in in meditation they talk about something called new mind beginner mind meaning you're supposed to approach the meditation as though you've never meditated before and to me this is something that I try to bring to scripts both in a good way and bad way which is that each one is going to be different and you know there's this I think perception that you know writers catch fire and they just sit down and it flows. Yeah. And then when it flows and you're in the zone and then you come out of the... I, I have never once been in the zone in in, in writing or any other capacity of my life. In, oh, wow. Well, let, let me interject there. Yeah. Because I think that's a, that's a great point. And you do often hear that in the zone and you have this picture of like, you know, a, a dangling cigarette while the keys are just on fire. You know, that, that you're right. That doesn't really happen. But wow. I will say... That Goldie, you are often in the zone, but it is much easier to be in the zone when you are a writer in a room with other writers. You're not sitting there actually typing alone. Uh. If you're in a room with other writers, and Goldie, I've seen you do this many times, where you all of a sudden put the writing staff on your back and you gain first down after first down because you're pitching hilarious joke, then next hilarious joke, hilarious joke, and and that is the equivalent of like you know, LeBron coming down and hitting six three-pointers in a nice. row. You know, you, you've done that. But well, I, I you're appreciate saying, you saying that. It's true. But from inside my eyes, from yeah. behind my eyeballs, yeah. every single thing I pitch or write down feels like the last one ever. Oh, I know. Wow. But that's it, what keeps you going. That's like a Tom Brady thing. It's being drafted 199th. You have the chip it, on your but it's shoulder. But it's not a chip on it. It's, it's fear. It's like, ah. oh my God, I'm done. That was the last one. I hope that's enough. So because one of the things I, I started to think about, and it, it, I'm glad you used a sports analogy because it fits in yeah. to one of the things I started thinking is I started thinking back to the 2004 Red Sox comeback against the Yankees and game four and inning nine and how it it came down to the last possible moment to come back. And this is yes. what I always feel like when I'm writing a script is like, if you don't fucking get this shit down right goddamn now, it is over and you're going to have to call everyone and explain to them either some horribly pathetic story about your life that might buy you two more days of panic that you will be unable to use and and then you'll have a nervous breakdown or be out of the business. Or you can fucking make a stand right now and start doing some shit. And I'm telling you, everything I've ever written, I've had this moment in it. And so it it made me go back and rewatch that inning and go, did it feel like the beginning of something? And like often what winds up being done doesn't feel like anything in the moment you're doing it. So like the first thing that happened was Mariano Rivera's on the mound. So you're like, we're fucked. Mario, <laughs> yep. He's the time. Best, Mariano best Rivera is your fucking deadline. Yeah. Undefeated comes yeah. in, never fucks up a machine. So Kevin Millar comes up, who's fine, you know, nothing. <laughs> and then kind of a jokester. He steps up. You look in the crowd. Everyone's head is buried in their hands. They're like doing that Boston prayer hands thing. <laughs> and then comedically behind him, which I totally forgot about, there's a promo 
on the green screen behind the plate for my big, fat, obnoxious boss. So it wound up being like one of the beginning of one of the great moments and stories in sports history. There's now forever a promo for this show, a show I actually enjoyed, by the way. Okay. But so Millar gets up and he just starts hacking, taking pitches, and he draws this walk, right? And to me, yes. that's like... Fucking write something down. Yes. Like anything. Right in, right in the stage directions. Start getting them in. Anything. And so, yeah. what you know, when I look at my process, the first thing I do is, you know, hopefully there's an outline. I cannot look at a blank document. Nothing gives me more anxiety than a white screen. So what I do <laughs> is I take the outline and I put the slug lines. The slug line is the, the, the line in capitals at the beginning of each scene where it says interior living room it's where it happens and when it happens yes interior kitchen afternoon exterior driveway night you get it yeah i put act one end of act one act two end of act two act three end of act three end of show and then within the acts i start putting the slug lines and then that's interesting i take the outline paragraphs that follow that and i copy it I'm essentially copying and pasting the outline, although I'm acting like I'm doing something else. Right. No, that is that's a, that's interesting. I never knew now that about I your process. Now I have something. Yeah. I just drew a walk, folks. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on fucking base. Yeah, you are. <laughs> you are. You're peeling off the batting gloves. Yeah. yeah. You're tossing the bat aside, and you're getting pinch run. For I'm it. getting. Now Roberts comes in. Okay. <laughs> Roberts. Dave Roberts is a guy. He's toward the end of his career. He's known as a speedster. I yep. think he was like. They say on uh, he's stolen 28 of 30 bases that year, I think they said. That's right. Um, so he gets up and Rivera's kind of going to first. And you go, I know this guy's going to try to steal. Yeah. <laughs> they know he's going to try to steal, but it yep. doesn't feel like he's going to make it. Right. They almost picked him off. They yes, almost and history off. leads you to believe. And to me, this is like, you're, <laughs> you're not finishing right like <laughs> right right like this is just your doubt is you've had this glimmer of hope but your brain is now trying to pick this runner off and and you're looking at the outline and you're going oh, this is bad i can't do <laughs> yeah. anything with what's in here so great yeah. i copied and pasted some shit but then miraculously he steals second base and when you when he does so like the throw almost tags him and to me so then what i start doing my analogy to this I go, do I have a funny thought about any scene, anything happening anywhere in the script? I don't start act one, scene one, let's yeah. go through. I start going, hey, man, what are some funny things? Yeah. Where? Yeah. Think of anywhere in the script. And I toss a few in. Now I have guys on second. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're starting to get something going here. And then, um, oh gosh, what was his name? Bill, Bill Miller. Miller. I always get confused because Millar Miller. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's Bill, Bill Mueller. Mueller, but it's Bill <laughs> Mill. It's pronounced Miller. But he has one of these incredible at bats, and he just sort of like you know, seeing eye single, and and Robert scores. And to me, this is something that that I just hit writing an outline is you start getting a few things in the script, and maybe your brain will take over and cut you a break, and what you've learned in doing your spec scripts or whatever you'll start it's like when you play guitar or do anything else or practice anything else you you start to get unconscious motion your unconscious 
will help you out. And this is, I think, what people call the zone, although it, it still doesn't feel like it. But once you start popping things in, you there then go, where do I have the most things? Maybe you have two or three things. Now you're going to start writing a scene. You're going to start writing that scene. Yeah. And once yes. you have a scene, you're going to have more scenes. But so yes. I've just described the overall process. But really what I try to do is if I have a week and the week becomes seven days, you're working on the weekend. Yeah. Absolutely. Have to. You're, you're not just <laughs> taking like, you know, uh, the work week of like someone, a supermarket cashier. Right. You're a professional writer. Right. There's, there's no off time. And if you have an idea, you're like leaving the dinner table and you're going to your script. Like now with phones and you can have Final Draft Mobile. I mean, I woke up at 1.30 last night, put four things in the script. Because I knew if I waited, like... It would be gone. I was enthusiastic they, about them when I woke up. And I was yeah. like... Yeah. And there's no, there's no way you remember all four things if you wait. No you remember like two way. and a half and you'll be pissed at yourself. Right. Yes, no yeah. way. So if your mind is giving you freebies, <laughs> take, <Yeah>. them. <laughs> take, take them. Take them. And put them in. And so I, here's how I try to break it down is if I have the week, the first day is dedicated to this process I've just laid out of copying and pasting the outline and popping in jokes. And that's it. If I start writing a scene, that's wonderful you're ahead of the game but maybe i don't yeah the next day is this is a bad day this is a bad day in my life this is <laughs> when i look back at the top 10 worst days in my life these are like seven of the ten <laughs> is i call it buddy you're writing act one today <laughs> you're just doing it yeah. you will start the day is not over until the act is complete and that's that it's not the final version. It's not, but it's a version, and you have to do this because you're the one who said, who told everyone you were a professional writer. <laughs> you you signed a contract. You said this is what I do, and so I'm doing Act One now. Day Two, here's what you do. You have Act One. So I don't know. You're you're you guys are musicians. When I do music. I'm learning a fingerstyle guitar arrangement. I start yeah. from the beginning. I try to get four measures, whatever. The second day you practice the first four measures again, you're a little better at it. Yeah. First thing you do is you go through act one, but now you don't have the pressure of there's no act one because there yeah. is an act one. Right. right. You may get lost in act one all day, but now it's kind of good. Yeah. Yes. Oh, right. Yes. It's kind of something. And it doesn't take that long. Like this part to me is like an hour. And then it's called Buddy, You're Writing Act Two. Now, Buddy, You're Writing Act Two isn't as bad because you've written Act One. You've yes. done it and you kind of know. And yes. now the ball has been rolling. It's, you know, you're loose. So this is now we're on day three. Buddy, You're Writing Act Two. <laughs> the next day, you read Act One again. This time it's a half hour. You're putting more stuff in Act yeah. One. And it's super easy because Act One's actually decent. Yes, because <laughs> you, you did it yesterday. Yeah, Act Two becomes what Act One is yesterday. Yes, you're polishing that. Yes, <laughs> and then I'm sorry, but you're writing Act Three as well. <laughs> hey, Betty, <laughs> you're buried. <laughs> but now 
we're on what day four day five uh, yep yeah. it doesn't matter because we're on a seven day week and by the way i'm taking a day off in here and which day yes. am i taking off the day after i finish act, act three, three where i've now polished act one three times act two two times and i have act three fucking walk away yes oh, walk clear your mind the fuck away go to the batting cages Take a bike ride, go surfing, surfing. <laughs> anything. This you earned it. It's I, by the way, we've never talked about this, and I love your process, and it could not be more different from mine. But <laughs> yeah, your I'm process, curious. You, but I want to know your, yours. No, your your process is great, and now I'm going to think about that process when you know when I'm tasked with writing. Who knows if I'll ever have to again? Because now that I'm a showrunner, you don't really have to write scripts. Right. It's, I mean, it's, it's 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 like being president. It's, it's the more powerful you are, kind of weirdly, the less you have to do. Yeah, you just have to make more decisions. You don't right. actually have to right. do the writing. But that boy, that's such a cool process. And yeah. I think honestly, it speaks to your upbringing versus my upbringing. So your upbringing was a little bit more, you know, your dad, World War II veteran hero. Mm -hmm. You know, he didn't suffer like, you know, being a, a ninny about anything. And he was oh, no. uh, what I would imagine mm -hmm. is he was pretty tough on you guys appropriately. You know, just it just generationally appropriately tough. I, I will say it was it was a little there was a nuance there because he wasn't so tough on us. But from his example, you just knew if I fuck up. And I'm disappointing this guy who's done yeah. all this, like, then I'm a real piece of shit. Yes. So. <laughs> okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. So you cut to my upbringing where dad's, you know, he was gone when I was younger for a bit. Well, and it, was, I was, it was important that they, the British jazz scene. Hey, <laughs> listen, that was his dream. And, and believe me, he, he loved every minute of that. I think that was the happiest he ever was. But, I may um, try it. I may. Yeah, I know. It sounds fun to me, too. But so that's it's me and, and my mom. And my mom spoiled me endlessly in a great way, in a loving way, made me feel like nothing would ever go wrong with me. So I carried that feeling into my adult life, which is why I do have such problems when things go wrong, like bloody assholes from toilet paper, extra dogs, <laughs> or, you know, all that kind of, you know, it sends me off the rails. So, but with my script writing process, I get there and not plugging in the outline, I, you know, I'll look at the outline. I instantly just start writing scene one and going mm -hmm. through. And I've found with my process and Goldie, you probably noticed this from being in rooms with me, like I will think of something funny in the first five seconds or not at all. 
So like, right. like, thing, you know, when, when there's an opportunity for some kind of a joke, like my mind has this little weird computer that runs it through, you know, puns and references and things like that. And I'll spit something out pretty quickly. And usually when I'm writing a script, that's what I'll go with. So I get started a little faster. And then to, to further your baseball analogy, I'm a junk baller. I'm a, a junk ball pitcher where I will use all the tricks that I've learned, you know, from years of doing it. Callbacks. You know, if, I'm, if I write a funny joke in scene one, I'm already thinking, how can I call this back later in the act? Yeah. If I think of a way to do puns or references, I'll throw those in. If I think of a way to do a funny fourth wall joke, and so for those of you listening who don't know what that is, that's like where a character will break from the reality of their show and kind of address an audience directly. We call that breaking the fourth wall. And you don't want to use those a lot. And I figure I can use maybe one and a half per script. But I'm thinking of all these tricks that I can put in my script to keep it entertaining, to keep it, you know, clipping along. So for me, I always think of that phrase, well begun is half done. I don't know where I heard that, but I love that phrase. So I figure once I start writing scene one and I have a good scene one, like within the first hopefully hour of day one, I'm thinking, okay, now I'm going, I can do it. And do you I ever feel like, so it doesn't sound like you have the anxiety at the beginning of like, oh God, I'm not going to finish. I'm a failure or whatever. Like you just feel like I'm going to be able to hand in something no matter what. Well, that's the thing here. And here's the difference. You're right. I do feel that way when I'm writing a script. I'm always like, I'm going to get this done. And, uh, you know, hopefully wow. it, I'm I mean, like, how lucky <laughs> for real, but, but, but I'm also like, hopefully it'll be funny, but if not, I'm now prepared with enough self deprecation to be okay with it. If it's not necessarily like, cause you know, over the years I've written probably a dozen family guy scripts. Mm-hmm. Some of them were good. Others were totally forgettable. And even the ones that are forgettable, you know, you try and throw in as much as you can, and maybe the story wasn't great to begin with, but you're also like, okay, with, you have to be, and, and listen, I say you have to be okay with that. You clearly are not, which is great because- No, I, it's funny this, because li- I, when I write something, I think this has to be the best thing I've ever done. And like, none of it has, no one, none of it's memorable. Like no one remembers anything I've done. It's all been kind of mediocre, but in my mind, it's like, oh my God. Okay, like this joke. <laughs> right. <laughs> Very important. <laughs> you know, act but, two, well, third but, scene, <laughs> gotta nail it. <laughs> but, you, you, but you say that about yourself, like none of the things I've done people remember. First of all, I'm sure there are fans of Family Guy and other things that you've worked on out there who do remember yes. uh, that, mm-hmm. that what you write is incredibly funny. And I certainly do. And that's well, another aspect of this is like, your peers recognize. But I don't want to disappoint you for real. Like, I, I don't want my you friends. You don't. Like, you never do. You you know, you do worry. Like, I, I mean, my fear. And I, I really do think this. Like, I'm not I'm not doing a bit. Like, I think that behind my back, people are going like, does he have Alzheimer's? Like, oh, do, no. we, do we need to talk to his wife and kind of go, <laughs> no. hey, I've noticed like he seems slower. Oh, no. There's kind of a, a, a really a, a decline that's really noticeable if you knew him five we years should, ago. We should have we should have Viner on for a future episode. And the, so. the, and the theme should be behind your back. And we both just reveal <laughs> what we talk about the other person behind their back. Because the That'd three be so of us good. probably have the most material about yeah. each other there. But no, nobody's 
thinks you have Alzheimer's. Well, and I nobody, appreciate that, but I'm, I'm saying quick. like it's it's interesting because and then it may go back to like look you you went to a great private school and had this sort of dead poets education at least True. how I picture it. That's and exactly it, right. Yeah. You know, it's like hey you you promising young men and we're gonna polish your minds and you're gonna go out in the world and do wonderful things. Where it's like I went the first day I went to public school. At lunch, two kids beat the shit out of me, and I never felt the same again. Like oh I just God. was like, the world is horrible, and yeah. I, yeah. you know, it, it's it's story. interesting. But I think it's educational for people to see you don't need to be in one of these camps. You can be somewhere in between. But like, totally, it, it doesn't really matter because the end result is a script. There's so many ways to uh, to peel this banana. Yes, that, that's you know, that's a hundred percent right. And, but and you I, think your it, way sounds. <laughs> way more pleasant than my way, which is I, like a week of torture with a day off in there to congratulate right. yourself. Yeah, reward, yeah. But, but one of the things that you said we do have in common, which is the continue, like the the next day when you start, it's I go through the stuff that I've written before. And by the way, that's good for a few reasons. It's good because, um, you know, you remind yourself of sort of where you're at you get to improve the things you've already written, whether it's even just as simple as editing something or improving a joke. But also it's it's like warming up the car in the driveway. You yes. know, yeah. it's like when you're when you're reading the stuff you've already written, it's not like you're gaining yardage, but you're you're drawing up a good play for I, your I'm gonna day. add one thing to this too, is that first impressions are so important. If the first eight pages of the script are good, people will say you wrote, in quotes, a good script. Yes. Whereas yeah. if the first five pages are not good, it won't matter how good it gets. Wow, yeah. They've made up their mind, this is a dud, it's a rewrite, we're going to have to tear it apart, and yes. you're going to be kind of like watching as things that probably are good enough are now viewed as no longer good enough because they're tainted. So it, it yeah. is important also in that sense, the continual polishing of the beginning because yes. it determines the verdict on the script, I feel. You're you're totally right. And we, we talked about that in our episode about spec script is you, it better be good up top because oftentimes that's all that people who are reading your spec script yeah. will read. And even Mike Scully said it last week that he, he never reads to the well, end there, of spec script. Well, there was an episode I wrote of right. Family Guy that opened on a TV gag, and I remember this. And I remember emailing you six TV gags I'd written. Do you remember this? And I said, "No." I said, "Hey, which of these?" Because I I was so in my own head. I go, yeah. "If this TV gag is bad at the beginning of this episode, it doesn't matter what I've done. They're gonna go to the board with it and rebreak it, and I'm gonna feel right. like an asshole and be really angry." Yes. And so the one they ended up using was the one uh, about it was an advert, a commercial for U-Haul. And it was oh, yeah. like, well, yes. you know, it's like, have you ever driven a truck before? Uh, <laughs> no. And it's like, well, it's extremely difficult, but we'll let you do it because you're moving. Like, <laughs> yeah. it was, it was like, that was very funny. Yeah. And, and but right. I, I sent you six gags and I, I thought that one was probably the best, but you know, you get so in your own head because you yes. go, maybe none of these are funny. And maybe I've lost it. Maybe. But but because I knew and and you haul worked. And then it was like, yes. I remember the rewrite being pretty light. But yep. I knew the script came down to U-Haul. Right. Like that, was the, yes. that was the first. The, the whole verdict on that month of my life involved with that script came down to what I put 
in the top half page. Totally right. right. And and I think you've also kind of inadvertently hit on another point, which is that as writers, we tend to remember the losses as opposed to savoring the wins. So it's like if you have a bad rewrite, as you describe, where everything's rebroken, pulled apart, that sticks with you much longer than an easy breezy rewrite where you go through and everybody says, hey, this was a great script. Like you are fueled by yeah. that fear of the tearing apart. But then the if they script. say it's a good sense. script, then you go, well, now there's like a collective psychosis. Everyone's lost their mind. <laughs> and now it's going to be bad because no one added anything to it. And it's naked up there. My stuff like uh, it, like the way my mind can twist it either way. Yes, well, that, that's, that's a you thing. That's definitely yeah. a you right. thing. Because for me, I, I will take the win if they're like, hey, this is a good script. I'm like, great, good, good shape, <laughs> yeah. good. I mean, and I, I think I've talked about it briefly on here before, but the, the only time I really allowed myself the pre-game victory was the Making History pilot. I was like, this thing is so fucking airtight, man. Nice. We're yeah. going to go to the table and they're going to carry me out and give me a Gatorade bath. And it was like just kind of okay. Well, by the way, that was a very funny pilot. So no, thank you. You know, yeah. there ended up being uh, reshoots on the top of them that definitely made it better. But it, it, it just goes to show that your own barometer for your own work might be off as well. That's true. That's true. And And since we've gone through the writing process, we we might as well just dangle that carrot of, there's nothing better than being finished. There is nothing. Oh, getting the check. Well, getting the che- getting the check. But by the way, the way we work now, you don't even know when you get the checks. It goes through your agent. They take their unfair chunk, and then somehow it gets direct deposited. Not my money, my friend. Oh my, my god, money goes to me. Yeah, no, I never see any of it anymore. <laughs> mine, mine goes out the window. But yeah, no, there's no better feeling for me. Than being finished. And we, we talked a little bit on here before about, you know, I was recently working on a, a movie script and which was a labor of dislike and it took forever <laughs> to get through it. And, and we ended up, I was writing it with this other very funny writer, Mark Henteman, who, who writes at Family yeah. Guy. And we had to do more than two drafts of it. We basically had to do two and a half drafts of an entire movie before we saw any movement on on it at all. But the feeling of being finished the last time we were finished was like that. If I can, I can close my eyes and make myself happy just by thinking about, oh, thank God I have a weekend again. Like wow. I don't have to do this anymore. Well, do that and then go downstairs and kiss your wife. Aww. <laughs> and her. your puppy. I, I am in the downstairs bedroom, by <laughs> oh. the way, for a little geography. <laughs> Anyway, well, Goldie, that was yeah, so I interesting. That. I oh, loved okay. hearing about your process. And yeah. I, I, I had never, I had Same. never, uh, uh, my wife tells me that I don't ask enough questions and she might be right because <laughs> I didn't know your process <laughs> at well, all. Well, look, if, if I know we have a, a, some kind of TV writer fan base of people who are even more qualified than us to talk about this, if anyone yeah. wants to write in to a typical disgusting display at gmail.com, and just kind of share in brief how they do it. Uh, Mike Royce, in brief. In brief. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think it's something that, you know, people would be interested to hear. Totally. Yeah. I, I, I certainly would, judge, based on what you just told me, because I kind of just thought we were all doing the same thing, which clearly we are not. Yeah. Um, and then, and then next episode, we should talk about how we have sex. like <laughs> The process. Yeah, <laughs> just our process. Although that would be a very short episode. <laughs> I'll put it that way. Um, 
Anyway, uh, great theme. Well uh, explained there, Goldie. I loved yeah, hearing it. I loved it. it. Um, and now uh, let's roll into this week's controversial segment of the show <laughs> that we like to call yeah. Top Five. Top Five. <laughs> What was the top five? That's us singing. That's us singing this week. Okay, now we're going to get into this little scrape here after that. Okay, so this week, the top five subjects suggested by me, surprisingly, uh, is top five winter movies. That is to say, top five movies you enjoy watching in winter. Okay, so these are not the top five movies that take place in winter. But this some They can. They can. They can. Sure, anything can happen. They're as though that, that you enjoy different movies depending on what's happening outside your window. Yes, so, yes I do. I don't. Yes, I, I just know, like movies I, I like and don't like movies I, I like. So well, then I be, kept texting you. I know. So oh, I anything? Correct I know, I know, and, yeah. And you, so, and you would say so, but, no. But let's go further back in time okay. to a phone conversation we had <laughs> almost a week before where I, I floated this topic with you. Totally fine. Yes, let's do that. No problem. And then we went on to talking about other things. So then last night, right before the show, you were on a group text, obviously, the three of us, we talk about the show. Goldie texts. So uh, the top five list this week is just top five winter movies. And so I write back, yes, top five movies you enjoy watching in winter. And Goldie just texts back, okay, so anything. And then I'm, I'm already getting annoyed. And I type back. I, knew I type you back. Were getting mad. I know. And I knew you were enjoying that, which was making me was more annoyed. Too. I know. And so then I write back, yes, any movies you enjoy watching in winter. And you just type back, okay, good anything got it and i'm just like so mad and i just had to put in i'm like yes as we discussed on the phone at length top five winter movies and, and then so, what did he say what did he say after that cool got it anything anything <laughs> so annoying so this god top five just is top five anything <laughs> the funny the funny thing was i was putting on you i'm like i'm like oh goldie's pissed about something at his house and so he's taking it out on us and then i realized no i was pissed about stuff at my house and i'm getting extra annoyed about this text i was pissed about stuff and i had yeah. a script hanging over my head and yeah. a lot of different Very things funny. I've, been, I've been just waking up Somehow I'm in a horror movie where I wake up a half hour earlier every night. Like it started <laughs> at like 5.30 a.m. And now I'm down to like 1.20 a.m. Oh, I'm no. the same cycle right It's now. like a Stephen King novel. But yeah, well, yeah, should I just go first? Yes. Because sure, let's go. For, for people with a soul who know that they enjoy different things at different times in their life, here's top five movies that you enjoy in winter. Okay, number five, begrudgingly, Home Alone. It takes yes. place in the winter. Yes, yes I yes. guess I could enjoy it if it's winter. <laughs> it's, <laughs> right. it's also, I, it reflects where I live, because if you're in L.A., there's so little difference between winter and summer. It's like, true. okay, That's true. I'm wearing shorts now. Yeah. Right. If, if you can perhaps <laughs> remember, if you can remember yeah. what winter might be like. Yeah. Right. Uh, so number four is The In-Laws with Peter Falk. Has nothing to do with winter. Enjoy it all year <laughs> round. Just a great movie. Great. Okay, good. I it respect winters, your choice. spring, summer, or fall. <laughs> all you have to do is you watch. Are, you are soulless. Soulless. Okay. Then I, now here's where I start trying to do okay, something. Okay, thank you. Yeah, that was me being an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm 
I've been ushered back into the wedding and I've agreed to sit <laughs> quietly through the ceremony. You're not going to give another toast. No. <laughs> it's been made clear to me that that was unwelcome. <laughs> and I would like to be here for this. So I'm going to comply. Good. Number three, Fargo. Nice. Excellent. It's Excellent. Cold Fargo, so I guess that's a movie I can enjoy. <laughs> Stop being an asshole. Take the mic away from him. <laughs> Number two, Curveball. And this may be my favorite Wes Anderson movie, Grand Budapest Hotel. Yes! Oh, excellent yes! choice. Yes. Yes. See, yeah. look at that. You may have found a kindred spirit. Yeah, I mean, there. God forbid it's hot out when you watch this. Okay. <laughs> I, I, no, I agree sit, with you. Sit down in it's your Goldie. seat, Dad. You were told not. <laughs> and number one, and this for me, is the movie that marks the start of winter every year when I watch it on Thanksgiving. It's planes, trains, and automobiles. Oh, Oh, you could knock me over with a feather. (laughs) That's a great choice, though. Excellent. Excellent. Heading over there with a feather. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know what? Can I go next? Sure. Go ahead. Okay, cool. My number five is Nightmare Before Christmas. Mm, that's um, a good one. Excellent. Good creep creep factor. Into number four, which is The Shining. Excellent. Um, into number three, The Empire Strikes Back. Oh, JC, we're, hmm. we're, we're hive-minded this week. <laughs> and then I have some overlap with Goldie. Number two is Fargo. Oh, yep. <laughs> and number one, Grand Budapest Hotel. Wow. wow. See, Goldie, that's, you, ta- Goldie, that's you tapped into something. Yeah. You tapped into something, Goldie. You tapped into your soul yeah. and you weren't afraid of it, which I appreciate. Thank you, JC. Of course. All right, here, let me go because we had a bunch of overlap here. So oh, cool. number five for me is Dr. Zhivago. Oh, yeah. Now, if you haven't seen it, I strongly recommend seeing it. It's long. It is like the best soap opera you'll ever watch. So okay. I cannot recommend Dr. Zhivago. I don't know Dr. Zhivago. I know a Ken. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Ken. It's the same movie. Basically the same movie. Uh, number four, JC, good call. Empire Strikes Back. A very wintry yes, movie. Very Love wintry. it. Number three, a movie that you guys might not be as familiar with. Maybe some of our listeners are. A movie called McCabe and Mrs. Miller. It's a Robert Altman Western from the early 70s with Warren Beatty and Julie Christie, again, from Dr. Zhivago. Excellent movie. Excellent Western. Great soundtrack. Great everything. Awesome. Very high recommend. Number two. I I, I have to admit something now, like you admitting you left that Patriots game. Yeah, I I remember. Um, I've never seen a Western Bullshit. Oh. A million ways to die in the West? Right. I mean, but, that, but that's like, a, I mean, like what, like a John Wayne movie? I've never right. seen one. Wait, you never saw, you never saw Unforgiven? No, wait, nope. I haven't either, Goldie. Clint Eastwood, wow. Western, never seen him. You guys yeah, are I missing think, out. Are we, though? I love Western <laughs> so much. They're so great. I cannot, oh my God, guys, we're going to have to, you know what? We're give, us a, have to, give us a list next yeah. week of a, a beginner maybe, western. Maybe just I will one, give you not five. A list. I will, I'll give you three. I'll give not you right three. now. Next week. No. Yeah. Next week. Next yeah. week. We'll we're gonna. It. We're okay. gonna get into. And it. And maybe I'll at, watch one. Maybe. And tell you my <laughs> yeah. reaction. You should. Yeah. Yeah. No. You'll, you. You should all watch them, and then we'll have an episode about why the westerns are so great. Okay. Okay. Number two, 
JC, we overlapped again. The Shining. Oh, nice. The Shining. Excellent. <laughs> Number one, and this was the the one that that's made me think of the whole list, which, and this is Goldie, despite your making fun of this, I can't watch this movie when it's anything but winter. Number one, fantastic movie, Amadeus. Oh. Amadeus to oh, me is just the Yeah, I know ultimate, you love it. Ultimate it's a great movie. movie. Why is that an ultimate winter movie? It just, there's something about uh, Mozart's music Um, that to me evokes a wintry feel in my soul. It's the heavy velvet jackets. (laughs) That's it, heavy velvet jackets. (laughs) That sounds like an early 2000 band. Band, it really does. They're great. They're awesome. The chain smokers and the heavy velvet jackets. (laughs) Anyway, that was our top five. And and send us in, uh, do you, listeners, do you believe that there's such a thing as a winter movie? Movies that you enjoy watching more in winter or am I an idiot and is Goldie right? uh, Email us at a typical disgusting display at gmail.com um so let's roll right from our top five uh am i supposed to give the next week yes into goldie's recommendation for next week which is can i give you guys a choice between two that i'm stuck between uh all right we'll we'll allow it we'll allow it okay the first is in honor of jc and it would be top five ages of your life (gasps) love that then let's just do that that's that. cool. That's a really cool, okay. really cool idea. So you can keep the other one on ice. Yep. Okay, cool. I All like right, it. cool. So let's roll in uh, to the end of the show for a segment we like to call High Note. Ah! <laughs> uh, Tom Gamble. God, kicking off the high note so well. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, I'll I'll go quickly. And this was something I was going to talk about up top. And I, okay. I mentioned briefly that uh, my daughter, Levy, uh, lost her first tooth. So sweet. And she actually just this morning lost her second tooth. But there Ooh. was a very, because uh, they start to go fast and furious yeah. now. But there was a, a, a an amusing thing because this podcast is for writers by writers who hate writing. So what did I end up having to do when Levy lost her first tooth, which was compose a letter from the tooth fairy back to levy because all of a sudden levy was encouraged to write a letter to the tooth fairy and little did we know her letter was just wall-to-wall questions about the tooth fairy's life it was and not there were specific ones and then there was like a general question that was like tell me everything about yourself it's like oh my god so I'm there with Tall, and we're like pitching on uh, things that the tooth fairy can, you know, what's the tooth fairy's life like? And there was a funny moment where Tall was asking me, she was like, well, is the tooth fairy like a boy or a girl, or should the tooth fairy be gender neutral? And I'm like a 1950s dad, I'm like, fairies are girls, <laughs> you know? Like, But like, I, by the way, I lost that argument. There was a whole sentence in there about like, I'm neither a boy nor a girl, so I don't know. I lost that. But anyway, it was very cute. Like the next day, she was totally in love with the letter and Aww, enjoyed the whole really process. Sweet. And of course, making the moolah wasn't so bad. Right. You're, you're going to have a children's book out yeah. in six months. <laughs> I feel yeah. like that's and you're going to like it. <laughs> oh, my God. It might be my most successful endeavor. Um, all right. Next high note. Let's go. Um, well, I'll go. But it's your, your no, uh, yeah, you're the birthday you know, you go girl. Last. Okay, you I'll go, go last. last. Okay, yeah. so, cool, cool, cool. The listeners of this show have heard about my dog. Lloyd, yes, um, Lloyd, who I love, Lloyd. We, we rescued from Pug Nation, LA, and um, you know, Lloyd, Lloyd, and I have I, I've loved Lloyd since the beginning. Obviously, he's stolen my heart, but <laughs> we went away. Uh, my mother-in-law's funeral. I've talked about that, but we went away, and we had these great friends who took care of him for us. And I gotta say, since we got back, 
it's like Lloyd's now become my dog. Like he, I I feel like when I went away, the time away from me, and then when I returned, he was like, okay, I'm with this guy now. And he's been so much more loving and like constantly comes up to me. And when I'm like writing on the bed, puts his paws on the bed and wants to be picked up and like burrowing into me sleeping now. So I just... I am like head over heels for this dog oh always, but I, I, I feel like we've reached this other level where he's now like actually my best friend. Yeah. It's super oh, that's cool. That's awesome. That's, so that's sweet. great. I love so that cute. high note. Go Lloyd. Yeah. Um, okay. So uh, we've already discussed that my birthday's coming up, but today is also my 12 year wedding anniversary. Oh, congratulations. Um, with, yes. With my husband, Stu, which um, we've talked about. Um, one of the reasons why we chose this date, he was touring a lot with Modest Yahoo, if anybody knows who that is. Sure. And I did not know when they were going to have a break from touring. So we knew winter was a slow time for them. So we had also asked Modest to officiate our wedding. So, um, wow. and at the time... So it's, he- it's interesting because people don't enjoy Modest Yahoo as much in winter. <laughs> Oh my God! We got we were Although clear of it. Of <laughs> we were clear of that whole thing. I, I had to. I just had to. Unbelievable. <laughs> so what happened at so, the wedding? So basically, I I had asked him to officiate so that they wouldn't book any show dates, and so we have Smart. these. Yeah, and also he was a very good friend of ours, and Stu had spent like nine months touring with right. him, and so. There's some, it was just an amazing wedding with our closest friends being married, officiated by Modest Yahoo, who at the time I think was still Orthodox. So I was going to say the unforeseen consequences now that you're both Jewish. (laughs) Right, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome, and I'm so sorry. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So um, we, it's our anniversary, and I'm I'm so happy I found the guy. That's nice. That's awesome. Well, congratulations. And, you you know, when people are listening to this, you will have already turned 50, which, as I'll say again, like we said, up top it's unbelievable to to me <laughs> and goldie but uh hope you have a, you had a fantastic birthday Thank and you. a happy anniversary yes thank you. thanks we love yeah. you happy love birthday you happy anniversary <laughs> yes thank you and thank everyone out there for listening and we will talk with you again next week <laughs>